This is the State of Things. I'm Frank Stacio, listening back to some of the conversations that stand out in my memory over the past 15 years, and not all of those memories are good. Take, for instance, my conversation with the late Mickey Rooney, whose Hollywood acting career began in the 1930s. I spoke with him in 2006 as he prepared to stage a show about his life in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. Now, the first thing you should know is that our producers were dead set against this interview, mostly because they'd never heard of Mickey Rooney. One producer even confused him with Mickey Mantle. But I insisted, arguing that among his eight wives was North Carolina's own Ava Gardner. Yes, eight wives. And, heck, he was once one of the biggest box office attractions in the country. He starred as an all-American teenager in the Andy Hardy series. He was Judy Garland's partner in musicals from the 1940s and a cautious old trainer in the 1979 classic The Black Stallion. And now, here he is on stage in North Carolina in 2006. we got to talk to him. Okay, the producers were right. Here's how it started. Mickey Rooney, welcome hello, to the State of Things. Hello, am I speaking? This is Frank Stacio. Hello, Frank. How are you? I couldn't be better, and it's Thank a real you. pleasure to talk with you. Tell us about this play. Let's put on a Tell show. About uh, the play. Uh, the musical, it's yeah. play. We have a two-person musical. Yeah. And uh, we're happy to be here at Campbell tonight, and uh, uh, it's a show with uh, music and, and jokes and uh, videos, and uh, my wife Jan and I do duets, and Jan and I uh, 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 sing together, and I play piano. And these are all taken from your career in show business. How did you decide what to, most of it, right? Most of these songs and the, and the videos? Well, we change it every once in a while. Don't forget, uh, every place we, we play, it's it's different, and we have to thank different people that we uh, we we want. Yes, and incidentally, Jan and I have our own star on Hollywood Boulevard for live entertainment. I have uh, four stars before that, and um, the one I'm most proud of is the one with my wife Jan in front of the Kodak Theater for live entertainment. How have you? How did you decide what to put in the show and what to leave out? Well, we, that's a, that's a process of elimination. And it changes, you know. Yeah, you know, at this point in your career, here you are doing, a, in a sense, a retrospective. A lot of folks might think, okay, so he's done playing roles, he's doing a retrospective. No, you're making a movie right now. Tell us about no, that. I just finished it. How'd it go? What, tell Bye. us about the movie. Oh, you want to know about that? Yeah, yeah. It's called A Night in the Museum. Yes, with, uh, well, night in or at the museum. 20th Century Fox, uh, Robin Williams, yeah. Ben Stiller. Uh, Dick Van Dyke, and yours truly. So you're still playing roles. Well, yes, that's that's a role. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm still doing that. Go, it's, it's the work I'm in. The, you know, we we can take us back, though, to that golden age. The studios, of course, had great power over their stars' lives. No, incidentally. You don't think so? That's all wrong. Yeah? I, I resent the golden age of movies. Uh, I mean, you can't say that uh, Charlie Chaplin and uh, Buster Keaton and uh, uh, Myrna Loy and William Powell and Clark Gable are all just golden things. I mean, they, they and, and Humphrey Bogart and Betty Davis and all of these people and Jimmy Cagney, my dear friend. Nobody can remember that Jimmy Cagney and I made a picture called uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream. You were Puck. And he was bottom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, he was such a versatile fellow. I mean, besides the tough guy roles, and they were the sweetest people. 
Well, but nice. but certainly but certainly things and have nice changed. Edward G. Robinson. Yeah. Things have changed, though, uh, in Hollywood. Things have changed. Yeah, for, for the better, would you say? For I mean, how do you think things have gone since since those Andy Hardy days? Well, I'm not going to discuss that. <laughs> well, that's that's half an answer there. Um, you know, it it, uh, it sounds kind of foolish to ask anybody who has had such a long and distinguished career. You've been at it for for over eighty years, and we should explain this includes your uh, your performance as a two year old, right, on on stage with your parents. No, I got news for you. I made my first picture. When I was three. All right. Silent picture. And uh, uh, it, it was called uh, Orchids and Ermine with B.B. Daniels. So you've been acting for a long time. And I wonder, and... and well, that's, 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 when you're a doctor, you either are a doctor or you're not, or a lawyer, or, or a professor at a college, or a student, or this and that. You're constantly learning. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that that's that's not the business, it's the joy we have of being in and being liked. Some people will say, Oh, I like him. I hate him. Mm-hmm. I, you know, everybody has an attitude. Have you had second thoughts along the way? Were there times when you asked yourself, uh, if if you should have done something else? No, I haven't said wanted to do anything else but what I'm doing. Uh, I, I enjoy doing what I'm doing and working with my wife, Jan, uh, doing our show. Jan's an actress. We made a picture in Carolina called Strike the Tent. When was that? I don't know. I think it was about three or four years ago, wasn't it? Yes. You know, it's interesting. We, we Folks make, and I know that you've made uh, uh, jokes about the fact that you were married eight times and all well, of that. Well, but the I fact is you've been you. married for over yeah, 25 years now uh, and very 30, successful. 30, over 30. Wow. And and so uh, well, clearly, know, by, by clearly. By standards uh, in yeah. Hollywood today, yeah. I, think, uh, we're, 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 I think I've made more pictures than anybody. As, but some good. Some bad. Some were so bad that I made they weren't released. They escaped. <laughs> hey, talking about not release, I understand you did your first nude scene last year, and they wouldn't show the commercial. Well, no, that was a commercial. Yeah, well, and I they had nothing to do with nudity. <laughs> it just came out that way. They were, but there was a little piece of your anatomy around the backside well, well, that was going to show. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, who cares? Yeah, uh, it, it's just something to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's and that's what we do on these talk shows. Uh-huh. And that's what keeps us going. Okay, so here's the deal. We're in, t- in our meeting. We're saying, hey, Mickey Rooney's going to be on the show. That's great. What do we talk about? And we had a guest in here from the BBC over in Great Britain. Uh, BBC. Yes, she I've, ke- I've been on the BBC, Jan and I have, when we were in uh, England uh, last year. We had a guest here from the Beeb, and she says, you know, I think Mickey Rooney was named, Mickey Mouse was named for Mickey Rooney. And, of course, we're living in this country, hadn't heard that before. Look it up, and sure enough, there's a debate about whether or not Mickey Mouse was was named for Mickey Rooney. Was that, what do you know about that? Yes, it was. It was. That's true. And that's because at the time you were playing this All-American. I was Mickey Maguire at the time, of which I did 89 Mickey Maguire comedies. Uh, And, uh, uh. We were at the Darmore Studios. I went to lunch one day. There was a silhouette in this crickety old building. And I said, hello. And uh, the voice came back and said, hello. I said, he said, what's your name? I said, my name is Mickey McGuire. May I ask your name? He said, my name is Walt Disney. 
And I said, well, glad to know you, Mr. Jesus. Come in, I'll show, show you something. So I went in. I was about eight or seven, and he said, I want to show you a picture of a mouse. And I said, gee, that's terrific. What do you call him? He says, Mortimer Mouse. I said, what? He said, Mortimer Mouse. He said, do you like it? I said, it's wonderful. He said, do you like it, Mickey? And he stopped. He said, Mickey. Mickey, Mickey Mouse. How would you like it if I named this mouse after you? And I said, I'd like it very much, Mr. Disney, but right now I have to go get a cheese sandwich. <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true story. And, of course, I changed Marilyn Monroe's name. And uh, Well, how did, well hold it, hold it. I hadn't heard that story. How how'd you do that? Well, she was uh, Barbara Jean or something, Norma Jean. And, yeah. And uh, she was at, uh, a, came by helicopter and arrived at a band leader's house and for publicity stunt, and uh, I said, uh, you come with me, and they said, oh, gee, Mickey's going to go on. I said, no, no, and we went to her place, and I said, you've got to change your name, and she said, what should I call me, Cap? I said, well, first of all, you got rid of Norma. How about Marilyn? There was a great star called Marilyn Miller, and your first name should be Marilyn, and the phone rang, and it was my... Uh, and uh, 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 my friend who had written scripts with me, mm-hmm. his name was what? Monroe Manning. So I said, hello, Monroe, can I call you back? And he said, yes. She says, who are you talking to? I said, I was talking to your last name. She says, what is it? I said, you should call yourself Marilyn Monroe. And that's the way it happened. Well, did she take to it right I away? Brought, I, I, ah. I, I brought uh, uh, King Cole, Nat King Cole, to the fore, and Red Skelton. I brought to Metro-Golden-Mare. And uh, where did I, you where did you discover Red Skelton? Uh, Ed Washington at the Washington Capitol Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was working with his wife, but. Uh, there, there are lots of stories. We could go on for a long. Well, se- well, we've got seven minutes and thirteen seconds left, so we've got plenty well, of time for those stories. Sammy Davis Jr. Tell, <laughs> tell us about Sammy Davis Jr. I understand well, you discovered I, him as well. He was working uh, with the Will Maston Trio, his father and his uncle, and uh, I said, uh, Sam, you've got to come and uh, be in pictures and do what you want to do. He said, uh, I wish I could. I want to do impersonations, dance, sing. And I said, well, why don't you? He said, Mickey, I'm colored. I said, really? I hadn't noticed. And we were friends thereafter. Nat King Cole. And gosh, there have been so many... Uh, Wonderful actors. You seem to have the ability to find that, to, to know what that thing is no, that no, it, it isn't. in people. It, it was just the, the luck of not falling over, but being able. I didn't present them. They presented themselves. People have asked me a lot of times, how do you become an actor? And what do you tell them? Just what Spencer Tracy always told them. Be yourself. Hmm. Say who you are and act like you are. Yeah, but you know, there's 250, 300 million Americans out there, and they all can't get on the screen and project that oh, charisma. Oh, I got news for you. There, 
There's a lot of talent that's undiscovered. And I, I wish children would not start out so young. Enjoy their childhood. Now, this coming from an actor who began his film career at the age of three. But, but uh, nothing is regretted. But the fact is, children should be children. Do you think you lost any part of your childhood as oh, a result? God, of... No, I went to public school. I went to high school. I played football at Fairfax High School, and uh, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, B football, and then I went to the University of Southern California. And the friends I have today are the friends I had then. You're one of those rare actors who was able to bridge the gap between, or that time between, uh, you know, being a child actor and then be a successful adult actor as well. Well, a lot of actors seem to have a hard time with that transition. Well, it's called the temptation of what you have. Hmm. You know, I think that uh, everybody is tempted to do something else when they should concentrate on what they have and what they're going to do. Yeah, but those shoulds, are, aren't they hard to come by? What was it for you that allowed you, to, that guided you? Because you're talking about young people, people whose, you know, ability you to know make what? good judgments isn't well you know formed. guides us all? Our Lord. You had a transition. You have become a, a born-again Christian. Tell us that story about how Well, that... no, I don't want to get into to the ecclesiastics of... Uh, religion and this and that, but I think today, you know, there isn't a time when I'm home, and my wife Jan will tell you that I don't read the verses of the Bible, or don't listen to people that I wanted to, like Charles Stanley, uh, Dr. Charles Stanley from Tampa, I mean from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and... Uh, uh, was that always true for you? Yes, it was. And I, I, uh, I don't care whether you're a Methodist, uh, Catholic, uh, Jewish, uh, no matter what you do, as long as you have a faith. But, you know, with all this, the most important thing in life, now that we're here in the United States, I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican, be a good American. Mm. The only place that you have opportunities to fail is in America. Let me ask you this. You have won uh, an Oscar, a Golden Globe, an Emmy, uh, I'm sure Peabody I'm Peabody Award. Peabody, uh, and, and, and a Lifetime Achievement Award, the highest award the Academy has to offer. Uh, what's left to, to win for Mickey Rooney? What's, what's, what, what's the next challenge? What's left no, to win? No, the greatest award I have is the award that my country gave me. I told these people that are here with me today, is my bronze star from the Second World War. You, uh, you, were, you actually had a radio show, if I'm, if I'm right. Uh, during, I've been in radio, I've been in television. During, during the war, was that part of your service commitment? No, I was uh, the, uh, with the American Forces Network, mm -hmm. just for about seven weeks, that's all. But uh, radio is different today, and uh, it's a delight, and uh, it's great for people, and uh, television... Well, it's been a delight to talk with you, Mickey Rooney. I wish I hadn't invented all that when I was young Tom Edison. <laughs> uh, you know, the light. Do you realize that when he was 23 years old, uh, 
Thomas Alpha Edison had 280 patents. You are a bit of an inventor yourself, aren't you? The phonograph record, yeah. television, the motion picture camera, film. Oh. Mickey Rooney, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you very much for your call, and God bless America. That was my conversation with Ninian Joseph Yule Jr., better known as Mickey Rooney. And I have to say, I really did enjoy that one as it was going out live. About a minute and a half into that interview, I realized this would not be a State of Things conversation. And so I just began to imagine it as a Saturday Night Live sketch. From that point on, it was pure joy. Mickey Rooney died in 2014 at the age of 93. I spoke with him in 2006 as he was preparing to stage a show in North Carolina. North Carolina Public Radio is a broadcast service of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. I'm Frank Stacio.